As we were reading this gospel, I realized just now how smart the disciples were. A lot of times, the disciples asked Jesus to explain a parable. I think they knew if they asked Jesus to explain this parable, they would need to grab like a desk, a MacBook, and dinner and lunch so that they could take enough notes. Because of how dense it is. So I'm not going to try to explain everything in this gospel. Um, we would we would be here for uh, next week's Saints game if that were the case. Um, but I will just explain a few things that point uh, just stick out have stuck out to me this past week as praying through this gospel. First. These three parables that are given are all connected because we're talking about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. The lost son. But I want to go first to this lost coin. Because yesterday, I did one of the things that I do often and one of the things that I'm best at. And I lost my wallet. Um, And as I lost my wallet, the way in which I reported that to Father Broussard was not received with the same amount of glee as it was for this old woman who loses coins in her couch cushions. And if I would have, I sent him a text later saying, hey, I found my wallet, and he sent um, an appropriately enthusiastic gif. But if I were to say, hey, I found my wallet, I'm making a Facebook event, will you come to my party? He wouldn't have come, you know? In fact, I don't know if I have any friends that would have come. I don't know if I have that good of friends. Um, But this woman, for whatever reason, is able to lose a coin in her couch cushion and then invite people over to the party, and they actually come, and they rejoice with her. So what does this say to us about this woman? One... She values this coin mysteriously. The parable, the allegory is obviously God is this old woman, we are the coins. And doesn't, we don't know why these coins are valuable to God. In fact, we don't truly know why we are valuable. We don't know. We look for it in the world and in each other all the time. And we can never quite figure it out. But at some point, we resign ourselves in faith to see this old woman, God, finds us valuable. And I trust his judgment about my value more than my judgment or the world's judgment about my lack of value. But the other thing about this is sometimes we recognize that God values us. We recognize that we are truly loved. But it's not as if everybody comes to that party. I'm sure that this old woman sent out a lot of invitations to this uh, coin-finding party. Maybe they just flipped over more couch cushions and, and, you know, kept on doing that as their party activity. But I bet you a lot of people didn't come because they thought, that's crazy. But the people who did come probably said, I don't know why this person is happy. Like, I don't know what value she sees in the coin, but I trust her judgment. Whenever we find ourselves loved in the eyes of the Lord, the world might not recognize it, but the friends of Jesus will. 
we will find friends in Christ who value the Lord's opinion and can see us probably not because of any quality, not because of any charm, not because of any appearance or talent that we may have, but just simply because they trust God's authority. They trust what God sees. We'll then kind of like fast forward through the scriptures and tradition and realize that this coin is minted with the image of the Father, minted with his image and his likeness. And so though of little value and utility, it's of great value in his eyes because it reminds him of himself. And so we ultimately trust God's authority that we are valuable because he sees himself in us. And that is it. And that is it. Maybe not, not a lot of people will see it. Maybe it's only God who sees it. Maybe it's only God who is at the party. But still, we trust his authority rather than our own. Now I want to fast forward to the parable of the lost son. And meditating on that, I realized I would never have the courage to ask my dad to give me all of his things. I had enough like hard time asking my dad if I could like tow his trailer, you know? Like, how am I going to ask him for all of his things? And what this must say about the son's understanding of his father. I think we can begin, like Jesus is not talking about someone, this son, who has never sinned before. He is probably more talking about this son as someone like us, who have sinned time and time again, and now we assume that God is just so merciful. God is going to give us everything. God is going to just pardon us of all of our sins. You know what, God? I ask everything from you because you are weak. Because you're going to cave. Because you're going to give it to me. This man looks at his father and he presumes his mercy. That is why he goes off into the distance. Not because he necessarily wants him dead, not because he just wants a bunch of things. He presumes God's mercy. He knows that his father will give him what he wants. And so he assumes that, yes, I am strong because I get what my father wants. But then he realizes much later on, whenever he goes and he can't even eat what the pigs are eating. That must mean that he's actually shoveling the excrements of the pigs. That he is weak. That he is weak. And so it's actually his misunderstanding of mercy that gets him in trouble. But it's God's effective mercy that keeps him in his house. And so that's the next point I want to make. Is what does true mercy look like? It is not this presumption to say, God is just going to give me whatever I want, so I'm going to act whatever which way I want. It is the moment that the son comes back, God wastes no time. Notice his urgency in giving him the things that he needs. Put clothes on him, that is, restore his dignity. Put a ring on him, give him back his power over himself. And put shoes on him. Let him walk the ways of the Lord. 
We know that we have received the Lord's mercy and that it is effective within us whenever our dignity is restored, our power to control ourselves again is restored, and our ability to follow the Lord is restored. It is not whenever we have a warm and fuzzy feeling that everything is going to be all right because my Father is good. That is exactly what got the lost son in trouble the first time to where he wandered into this sense of worthlessness, cannot even eat pig's food, shoveling pig excrement. And then the last point, the last observation that I have is this older son and how frustrating life must be for him. Because he's doing all of the things that it sounds like he's supposed to do. And this is a question that we can ask ourselves a lot. Father, I'm doing like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing that, I'm doing all the things, all the Catholic things. But I do not yet feel that the Lord has rejoiced over me, that he has shared with me fattened calf. I feel like the Lord is distant. And what the son has obviously lost is charity. He says, this son of yours, he has no love in his heart anymore. And so whenever we are in the position of the older son, because I'm sure the older son in his upbringing eventually got to a point where it was like, finally, I have done all of the things that my father has asked me. It's taken a long time, taken a long time to learn how to you know, take out the trash, how to feed all the animals on the farm, how to wash the dishes. It's taken a long time to master all of this, but I'm doing everything he's asked me to do. And then it becomes monotonous humdrum and he reports every day to his duty but less and more and more he grows in bitterness what does he lack what does he lack a lot of spiritual authors such as saint john of the cross says that whenever we have charity within our heart sanctifying grace god's presence within our heart it immediately embraces all of the world But charity must grow by deepening in its purity, by deepening in its its intention. What the older son did not understand is that he could not stay put. He had to grow in constant generosity and constantly purifying his love for his father and his brother. If he was not constantly doing that, then the wine... That was, you know, that wine that was given to him, like grace, becomes vinegar, becomes sour. And so for us who feel like I'm doing all of the things that I need to do, but I'm desolate, I'm uninvolved, I'm bitter, I don't know where to go. It's to simply purify our intention, to keep on loving with pure hearts. If we can do that, then as St. John of the Cross says, we can do small things with great charity that are much greater than great things with little charity. And so, to conclude, we look at our worth not by looking at ourselves or what people have taken from us or how we would like to define ourselves, but first by looking at God, who might appear to us to be an old, crazy woman looking for coins for no reason. But uh, by his authority, recognizing our value, and by trusting no one else's authority, 
Second, that we have to keep watch that we don't mistaken the Lord's mercy for license to do whatever we want, or the Lord's mercy for his weakness. The Lord's mercy is simply his generosity, and that his mercy only takes effect whenever we are restored to our dignity, our ability to master ourselves, and our ability to follow him. And then thirdly, that if I feel like I am following the law of the Lord, that I'm doing all of the things, that I have not yet arrived in the heart of the Father's house until I have purified my intentions, until I'm totally selfless and giving myself over to him and to my neighbor.